Is immigration causing cultural ghettos in cities? That was a question recently asked by a New York-based reporter. She added, and should we be worried? In a broader sense, she was addressing assimilation, and by implication, segregation in the United States. Hi, I'm Carlos Patara. You're listening to the Immigration Mastermind. Thanks for joining. The author, a Chinese-American, expressed surprise and dismay upon entering a part of the city where nearly all the building names, commercial signs, billboard ads, and the like were written in Mandarin. In addition, she noticed almost all the shoppers were either of Chinese or Asian descent. Many appeared to struggle with English. Frankly, I'm surprised that she was surprised. These types of neighborhoods have existed for as long as I have been alive. I long ago accepted them as part of the American kaleidoscope, as natural as, well, apple pie. I grew up in such an area. Is the labeling of such areas as cultural ghettos, asked the reporter, a deliberate attempt to create camps of difference? Good question. Let's take a deeper dive. Cultural enclaves, in many ways, are natural. When immigrants first arrive in the country, whether they speak English fluently or not, they feel more at home in the company of fellow countrymen. For the majority, their early ventures into American society are made easier by learning from those who came before them. Thus, they seek out relatives, friends of their relatives, and friends of their friends back home for insights and guidance as part of their early adaptation. Such behavior is natural. Over the time, new friendships are forged, new romances are born. Quite often this happens within their cultural enclave. This does not mean such areas should be viewed as an aberration or as an unhealthy development. Rather, it should be seen as one of the byproducts of our multicultural society. It need not be seen as a blemish on our country, but as a positive indicator of an increasingly diverse populace. As more and more immigrants enter the U.S. from a wider range of nations, such areas will increase. The labeling comes afterwards. For the many immigrants who originally settled in such areas, their new neighborhoods are not seen in a negative light. They are seen as a new home, a place of promise and hope. What turns this pattern of becoming accustomed to a new country into a negative is when political and economic forces cause them to become segregated poverty camps into neighborhoods of persons deemed second-class citizens, into neighborhoods created by deliberately discriminatory practices. The labeling of these areas as ghettos is part of this devious political and economic dance. Immigration, per se, does not cause cultural ghettos. Rather, such neighborhoods become ghettos due to discriminatory practices. Public policies 
that keep people segregated. Public policies that pigeonhole folks. Public policies that maintain areas of impoverishment, politically, economic, educationally, and more. In short, practices that reflect the multicultural failures of American society. So why was the New York author, herself of Asian descent, shocked and dismayed by the neighborhood she visited? What is the source of the New York author's worries concerning such cultural enclaves? Surprisingly, not that of crime and violence, often voiced by xenophobic opponents of immigration, but rather the danger of a diminishing pool of immigrants with sufficient English-speaking abilities to work at lower-paying jobs. Sadly, her viewpoint, subconsciously perhaps, reflects the true danger to our multicultural society. That is, the unwillingness to accept and assimilate immigrants as true partners. Thanks for listening. And remember to always keep your chin up, no matter how hard the road ahead seems, because together we can make the world a better place, one immigrant at a time.